Okay, I think it's high time we get started, right? This class doesn't come with the, uh, the little student evals that they send out at the end of it that say, you know, this, that, and the other, including, did he start class on time and end class on time? Yeah, no, 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 no. Mr. Scott there says we can make that happen, but I don't think we need evals. I, I kind of like that. We're in a culture of assessment all the time. This is a nice, this is my safe space, okay? Okay, well, good to, good to have you. I see some, maybe some new faces or some faces that maybe we had the, what, the Little Mermaid over the weekend there, Concordia, some, I saw some, some new faces in for that. So a special welcome to any guests. I'm not the pastor here, but I, I'm kind of in the bulletin as an assisting pastor. I teach up at Concordia and help out here on the side, uh, teaching some Bible studies and occasionally in the liturgy or whatever else. Um, so uh, here at LMC, we've been, we've been doing the study of Genesis. We're going to take a look at chapter 16. It was tempting to, I, I don't know, I teach a class on Genesis at Concordia and uh, we jump right from 15 to 17, but... I thought, no, let's, let's do 16, talk a little bit about Hagar, and uh, we'll do 17 next week. That's where we are in the big picture of things. Pastor taught last week. Um, that's why we're reminded we have this uh, projector is up, and this is a night. Sometimes he, he always has a, like a PowerPoint, and it kind of puts me to shame, but usually he puts this away and so that you wouldn't know any different. But now this is a, a reminder that, oh man, he could have a PowerPoint, but he doesn't. So now it's even, maybe it's a subtle way to, come on, you know, step it up a little. Okay, um, let's, let's say a brief prayer and then we'll, we'll go, go from there. We pray. O Lord, graciously hear the prayers of your people, that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Okay, uh, last week, chapter 15, was... This is good to... St we should start with this. We should start with a little... Re it's always decent to recap, but this week especially would be good because what was chapter 15 from last week? Abe gets a little testy. Abe is cruising along. He's given a promise when he's 75 years old, and now years have gone by. He's 88... No, 86 at the end of chapter 16. Um, so years have gone on, you know, what will you give me? I continue childless, this is from 15, early in 15, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. So the Abe, last chapter, chapter 15, Abe, what should we say? Abe as uh, father Abe, priest Abe, pastor Abe, gets testy with this promise and... The Lord says, I am your shield, your offspring will be great. And Abe believed and it was credited to him, it was reckoned to him as righteousness. That's the proper response. So God gives you a promise, you look at your life, and you see the exact opposite, let's say. And then the Lord says, as he did once again this morning, uh, promises from his word and so on, I forgive you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you say, Amen. And it is reckoned to you as righteousness. A very, very big moment in the Bible. First time that verb is used. Literally, amen. He amended it, which means he believed it. He confessed it. 
and then it was hashabd, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Huge moment in the Bible. First time you get this, it's huge in the New Testament. That's the proper response. What happens when you get testy and you try to take the situation into your own, own hands, and that's 16? Okay, so again, chapter 15, this is the proper response. Abe believes, credits him as righteousness. God makes a just a, an astounding affirmation of that covenant. You know, the flaming torch and the smoking pot sounds a lot like Egypt. You know, you got the two things on the sides and we're going through the split thing and it's God himself who's going through showing how serious he is with this covenant. Like, Abe is asleep. Dead is Adam in transgression and sin. That's why he's passed out. It's the sleep of death. That's where Abe is. The Lord cuts this covenant and he himself says, I am willing to be broken, divided, dead as these animals. That's how serious I am about what I'm doing with you. You're not bringing anything to the table. It's a beautiful chapter. Chapter 16 is when, let's say, the church, Sarai, gets testy with the promise and you take matters into your own hands. Okay, this is, uh, this is the counterpart to that, what you studied, heard about last week. So, uh, let's, let's read the whole chapter. We're probably just going to, yeah, we'll probably just do a, a fairly brief walkthrough given the time. We're starting a little late here. Um, a nice volunteer, nice booming voice to read chapter 16. Let's do the whole thing. We'll just, that way the whole thing is in the, in the hearing and then and we'll go from there. I'm almost picked on Dr. Patterson, but then I saw Kirk. Go ahead, Kirk. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had born no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. I went to my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, a spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, why have you, why have you come from, and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress Sarah. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant, and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. He shall dwell over against all of his people. So she called him, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. For she said, Truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore the well was called Bir Laor. It 
lies between Kadesh and Barad. And Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son, who Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old, and Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. Well done. Thanks very much, Kirk. Um, it's a beautiful narrative. You did a nice job there with the Ba'er Lahai Roy. What, what in the world? What's going on? Beer, beer me? Beer Lahai? Beer Roy? Beer who? Chips Ahoy? Super Bowl Sunday? I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. What are you talking about in Bible study? Beer and chips and the, and the Bengals winning, right? Is that what we're on? Okay. I was born, I was born in Ohio, so I'm going to... I'll go for the bang. Who wants the Rams? No, just kidding. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful narrative. Uh, they always are, especially when you dig in and then you dig in again, you dig in again. It's a beautiful narrative. Um, if I had to say what's, what we're up against here, I would say uh, this is how God is working all in all. I have Romans 9 to 11 in my mind. This is how God works his salvation fulfills his promises, whether you're uh, born in the house or whether you're a sojourner in the midst. He's working all, all for all. Hagar is the gar. That's awesome. Now, I know that doesn't mean anything to you, but let me explain. <laughs> uh, Hagar, that's the same as saying ha, as in the, that's your definite article in Hebrew, gar. Uh, if I wanted to say the gar, gar or gur is a, is a sojourner. It's somebody who is not in the plan but's grafted in. You're a tag-along, okay? Moses does plagues, you know, he cut the, the whole thing, and then what happens? You get, you get to about plague seven or so, and some of the Egyptians and pharaohs, are, the pharaoh's court there, they're like, I think he's on to something. Let's get our cattle in, you know, under the, <laughs> right? When the hail comes, seventh plague, I mean, why did it take that long? Well, it is what it is. But nonetheless, they start hearing the word through Moses, and they, they ta I think that God's the true God. Pharaoh never did like you, Pharaoh, you know, and, right? And then from there on, you get this indication, people are joining in to Israel all throughout the history. We get the indications of this really early, don't we? Lot. Who's Lot? It wasn't, the province was for Abe, you know, Lot's whatever, but he tags along. And Lot's going to have his land, and he's going to have it. Wait, he's a tag along. Um, that's Hagar. That's the Gur. The Gur is the sojourner. This is how the Lord works salvation, whether you're in or out of that promised line, Hagar's name is the Gur. This, this, if I had a whiteboard, I probably shouldn't mess this one up. Because <laughs> uh, that's a smart board, isn't it? Not a whiteboard. But I would put HGR. Hebrew is a triliteral language. It works with three, some of you know this, three letters primarily, and you build on that. HGR. So her name, Hagar, is the same as the Gur. It's, she's the sojourner. She's the one grafted in. Meanwhile, Sarah, of course, the promise is going to come through Sarah. That's what makes Sarah, she's testy, right? And Sarah, wife of, it's a beautiful narrative. Every time Moses writes about Sarah, what does he say? By the way, I know her name is Sarai. It'll get changed 
later, next chapter, to Sarah. Uh, when Moses writes of Sarah, he reminds us that she's the wife of Abe, but when Sarah speaks, we don't get that descriptor. That's just brilliant. When she speaks, this is Sarah doing Sarah thing. That's what she's doing. But when Moses writes of her, it's she's the wife of Abram. She's in this promise, right? She has this, here's the, you know, think of the Abe headship there of last, you know, last chapter. That's the proper response when you're looking at your life and you're saying, I just don't know about these promises that I've been hearing from the Lord. Sarah, wife of Abe, hadn't borne any children to him. And that's, okay, so this has to do with pious and godly stuff. This was a promise, right? You're going to have kids. Well, Sarah from chapter 11, we know she's barren. And the Lord, of course, why does the Lord always work through barren women? Why does he love miraculous conceptions? Of course, our Savior, born of the Virgin Mary, that's a miraculous conception. So we have these barren women throughout the Old Testament. Well, Sarah has this, of course, this is, okay, wife of Abe, this has to do with the promise. But what she did have was what? A maidservant from Egypt. Again, that's the thing. Why are we talking about an Egyptian? Uh, that's exactly the kind of people that will tag along with Israel. This, was, this is the, like the sojourner in the midst before that was cool. We already have people. Where'd you come from? Well, they already went, we already had an exodus. The exodus is already, no, that's the next book of the Bible. No, it already happened. And then we'll get sojourners late. No, it already happened. People are already, already with them. We have this Hagar. We have this sojourner in the midst. Her name is the sojourner. Sarah, now we don't get the wife of Abe when she starts taking matters into her own hands. But that's how the church is when it doesn't act like the bride of Christ. We speak on our own devices. We should be thinking, wife of Christ. That's what we should think when the promise thing messes with our vision or whatever it is. Oh, this doesn't look right, you know. Marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, bride of Christ. But when we start speaking and thinking and doing on our own, then we lose that lens for looking at whatever it is. Okay, so that's why it's gone. Sarah says to Abe, behold now... The Lord has held back. Um, he's restrained me from bearing. This is exactly how we act. When we lose sight of, yeah, the bride of Christ, when she says, this is what I don't have, we define the Lord by what he doesn't give us. He has held back from me health. He has held back from me riches. Other people have more stuff than I do, right? He has held back from me. He has restricted me. This is what we do when we start thinking about things on our own accord. What kind of God do I have? Well, he's held this back from me. Is that who he is? He's held this back from me. That's, that is bearing. So, he, so she, tells, she tells the office of the ministry to go find a different bride. Now that doesn't, that's not going to go well. Uh, she says, go now to my maidservant. Perhaps, she didn't even know. She's not even certain. You know, that's the other thing too. So you are testy with the promise 
and you want to take matters into your own hands. The Lord hasn't fulfilled his promise on my terms and time and the way that I want him to, and so maybe I can hasten his plan in this way. Maybe. Um, perhaps. It's a strong word. <laughs> I don't even know if this is going to work. And yet that's what the desires of the flesh do. This is what we do. Perhaps I will be built up. Now this is a huge word in Genesis, right? Because who does the building in Genesis? The Lord builds the church. That's just who he is. He builds Eve. He builds Eve. That's the word. We usually get made in English. But he builds Eve from Adam's rib. That's the language. That's because he built his church. It's a word of edification. But this is what happens when we get a little testy with God's promises. Perhaps I will be built up. Perhaps I'll be built up if, if I do it this way. If I don't wait on the Lord, if I don't trust in him, maybe I can be built up, the church says, we say, if, if I do it this way. And Abe listened to the voice of his wife. Does that sound familiar? Where is that coming from? That's straight out of, we're way in the beginning all over again. That's, we haven't got on, gotten out of Eden. And Abe listened to the voice of his wife. It means the same old original sin is replaying itself, just repackaged or whatever, coming out in new manifestations, you know. We're back in Eden. Abe listened to the voice of his wife. All this language, by the way, is straight out of the beginning. And she took, sound familiar? And she took Hagar, whoa, whoa, took the fruit, and gave it to Abram, whoa, 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 right? This is all Eden all over again, right? That's because, as the hymn puts it, in Adam we have all been one, one huge rebellious man, right? When he took, when she took from the, we were all there. That's just how, that's the ontology of the scriptures. It's, it's not a one-off. When you see sin happening, we're, this is just, this is original sin, you're not transcending it. You haven't escaped it. You can't get beyond it. So all this is going to be, oh my, this is Eden stuff. He listened to the voice of his wife. Again, the Lord said, because you listened to the voice of your wife. Right? Um, and so on. Okay? So she takes Sarah, wife of Abe. Moses reminds us again. when she, You know, this is, okay, wife of Abe. Takes Hagar... They had been there for 10 years. Um, I think that is in there to tell us that this is the time that it, you know, the number 10 and how it's used. I think that is the time, this was the full, like this was, I don't know, Saul waiting for the seven days for Samuel. And I, well, that's it. I can't, you know, this was the full time. I gave it my time, humanly speaking. This is as long as I can give it. I, I'm caving. I, I can't wait for the Lord anymore. I, I can't. I don't want him to fulfill it in the way he has in mind. Um, I've waited. I've hit my, my point. This is the, t the 10 years. That's the time. That's my time. This is as much as, this is humanity's time. That's, that's what we give it. And so she gives her to Abe, her husband, uh, for him as a wife, which is absolutely striking. I mean, the, the word we have words for concubine and so on, but the language is wife. Um, let me pause there and see if there's any questions or comments on the first few verses here. Guys, doing okay. We'll keep going. It's okay.
Verse 4, Abe goes to Hagar and she conceives. Now look what happens. And I say look pun intended because we've got uh, Hagar sees that she conceives. Okay, now again the role of eyesight in Genesis is a huge thing, right? Uh, Eve starts with the conversation, what did God say? I'll tell you what he said. It's all about the word. And then all of a sudden, nobody's saying anything. It's all quiet. We're just using our eyes. Delightful to the eyes, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that's what happens when you go from ear to eye. Here, um, Hagar takes a look at this material blessing. We're going to learn something about ourselves in Sarah and Hagar and Abe. That's just kind of the beauty of these narratives. It's kind of like the Day of Atonement foreshadowing Christ, which, uh, well, he takes the sin, that's this goat. He's killed, that's that goat. He's the high priest, he's the, oh, there's a high priest. He's the mercy seat, that's there too. You know, he's the whole, and that's how, this is kind of like a diamond or a multi-dimensional <coughs> witness to, you're going to learn something about, so on the one hand, we are Sarah, when we get testy with the, and we take matters into our own hands. And so, Hagar comes along, and this is what happens when we do what? We see that the Lord has blessed us. What a material blessing. She sees that the Lord has given her something. She's conceived. And because of that, the one who's in authority over her, now she does what? She, she slights her in her eyes. As I look at it with my eyes, clearly this material blessing that happened to me is because I'm a little bit better than you. Did you know that? I'm a little bit better. Well, I got this. Just, just bring this. I got this marathon. I just won this marathon. That's, no, I'm just kidding. Well, I got this, this money or I got this, you know, whatever it is. Like, it's the attitude of Look at this wonderful blessing, physical, material blessing. And what do we do with it? We, in our own eyes, slight the one next to us. That's my mistress in authority over me, and now I'm looking at her with contempt. Look at this wonderful... I'm, apparently I'm doing something pretty good. I think God likes me a lot more than maybe he likes somebody else. Right? Um, that's why this wonderful blessing came my way. Something good happens, oh well, you know, right? It's the, it's the, what? The eyesight issue. As I see it, as I process this, this wonderful blessing came my way. And, uh, and now I'm looking at you, the word that, it's a, it's a very, it's kind of a pregnant word, if I can put it that way, maybe. Um, it's the same one that for, it could be used for cursing, like when Abe says, or God says, I'll curse those who curse you. Um, it's like looking down on somebody to the point of, I'm, I'm favored by God in a way that you aren't because of this material thing. Whoa! Okay? It's when you take the material possession and you start putting it in the spiritual category of, well, I'm more righteous. That's just how this goes. Okay? Now, Sarah's not too happy about this. <laughs> Sarah says to Abe, 
violence, the violence that has been done to me, may it be to you. I gave, was, um, it's the woman, how's it going, Eden? The woman you gave to me? Here it's, it's the woman I gave to you, isn't it? It's the woman I gave to you. I gave you my servant in your bosom, literally, to your bosom. Remember that hymn? Isn't that great? It's 708. How's it go? Lord, let it last thine angels come to Abram's bosom. Bear me home. That's what she says. I gave her to your bosom. Look at Hagar being grafted into rich man Lazarus too, isn't it? He's carried to Abram's bosom. Or side in English, but his bosom. So that's what Sarah says. Here's this sinful situation. Sarah, we know what that, okay, the promise thing. And then Hagar, okay, now we're getting a little haughty on the other side, which is, we do both. And the Lord works through it such that Hagar is brought to Abram's bosom. It's the Lord, how he speaks of his people sometimes. Isaiah, I carried you in my bosom. I mean, that's the word that's used. I know that. That kind of, well, whoa, you know, but that's the, that's the kind of language. I see now that she, or when, what is it? Um, brought to your, to your bosom, saw that she conceived, and I was slighted in her eyes. May the Lord judge between. Why is she mad at Abe? Why is she mad at Abram? Shouldn't she be mad at Hagar? Hey, don't look at me like that, you know, or. Why is she mad at Abram? The violent, same word for like the original sin. Think of uh, the Lord's about to wipe out with the flood. He sees that the violence, the corruption, same kind of language. This original sin stuff. Why is she mad at Abram? The violence to me be on you. Yeah, go ahead, John. She's mad. She's mad. She's just lashing out. She's, she's in a situation that she thinks she's been treated unfairly, and she's lashing out at everyone. Violence be to you. Yes, she's certainly caught up in this. I mean, this is not, this was her plan, right? Okay, so maybe by... It's not that she it's not that Hagar conceived, it's that Hagar was looking at her in contempt. Right? The plan what she wanted to kind of okay, well maybe through Hagar, right? But it was the I'm being slighted. Don't you slight me. Yeah, go ahead, Martha. Is it almost like she told him to do this, but she really didn't want him to do that? Yeah, well this is uh, yeah, I mean Luther is big on the they probably had, you know, throughout the 10 years of, and the barrenness and all that, they probably had many sleepless nights and tears and they'd talk and, you know, this kind of, at the dinner table, it was the same thing every night. And, you know, it was, you know this kind of, the duress and, and the whole thing. Um, yeah, this was a wow, terrible situation. And here she is lashing out. Go ahead. I, ben, did I see you too? And then. It's ultimately his responsibility, like with Adam and Eve. Okay. He 
goes along with it. There is some. That sounds kind of. We're gonna say that. And certainly he will. I mean, he did Eden, right? Um, it does come to mind, doesn't it, Ben? This whole, you know, what did she? You know, the blame game. It wasn't me. It was the woman. She says the serpent. You know, and then the Lord sorts it all out. He judges. Okay, because you've done this, because. And so on. But yeah, she speaks. It's interesting that she goes right to, this is on you. Um, you're, you're involved here, right? This is the, um, yeah, you could say appeal to the headship there. Well, this is, where are you at in all of this? The violence be done. It kind of, when you lash out like that, John, I was thinking about your comment too. This is, okay, so you come up with your plan to hasten the Lord's promise or as a substitute to the promise, and then what? Um, it gets the upper hand on you. I mean, that's the thing, too. So if it's works righteousness, here's some ideal standard. You can't live up to it. You had a different way, and you went after it, and now it's, it's looking at you in contempt. It's saying you can't even do what you wanted, this alternate, right? I'll go this way. You can't even live up to it. And then you're enslaved to it, or you're controlled by it, and it frustrates us, and we lash out. And this is God's fault, right? Or your fault. You know, that's the, no, it wasn't me, it was the, right? I mean, that's just what it's going to lead to. So in that way, yeah, it's Eden all over again. Um, and we see that here. So Abe then says, oh boy, kind of a similar he says, well, behold, she's in your hand. Do to her the good thing in your eyes. So whatever you think is good in your eyes. Oh, man. Another one of these, like, however you see it, you treat her how you want to treat her. Okay. What's that going to lead to? I mean, again, the language of in your eyes. Yeah, go ahead. Well, he's, he's again abdicating responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. When you say... The good in your eyes. Yeah, that's not going to go very far in Genesis, right? When you say, the, do the good that's in your eyes. <laughs> oh, man. It's like Adam would it have, she's having a conversation with the serpent. You might want to, yeah, Super Bowl's on. And then it's, okay, well, you know, now she's grabbing from the fruit. You might want to, what's that over there? Is that a new, you know, truck or something? No, she's, now she's eating and now she's giving, you know, it's, you know and so here's Abe. Abe listens to the voice of her wife, and then, you know, now it's, go, go ahead and do the good thing. So what does she do? She treats Hagar as Israel herself. I can use that language. I know Israel, firstborn son, so there's a lot of masculine, but there's also feminine, so just bear with me. And that is, she treats Hagar as Israel herself will be treated. Um on both sides of the coin, both law and gospel. What do I mean by that? She afflicts her. That's the word for affliction. Think Israel and Egypt. She afflicts her. And she flees like Jacob flees and Moses flees and Israel flees. And like she, Hagar is made, we're gonna, this is all Israel. Sarah does what she thinks is good and that is I'm gonna afflict her. I'm using that language because there's a word play that's coming up here. And that is I'm gonna afflict her and treat her like Israel herself will be treated very shortly and repeatedly. 
and we'll see it in Jacob and Moses and so on. I'm going to afflict her and she's going to be on the run. That's what I'm going to do. So the good in her eyes is, you gave me some, some heat there. Was that you looking at me, looking down on me? And that is, I'll give you a taste of your own medicine. So this is a very, I mean, this is all. But what is the Lord doing meanwhile as we act this way? What is the Lord doing? He is working all in all, Paul would say, in Romans 9 to 11, as he talks about Jew and Gentile salvation. Guess what? The angel of the Lord, for the first time in the Bible, pops up here. The angel of the Lord finds her. What a gracious and merciful thing. Finds her. Why is this the first time that the Bible talks about the angel of the Lord? Isn't the angel of the Lord identified with not just any run-of-the-mill angel, but a very special, right? The angel of the Lord in the Bible, it sounds like this is, this is not a run-of-the-mill angel. This angel talks like God and does things like God. And we'll even see here, um, she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. Like this is, wait, I thought it was the angel. It wasn't God, right? No, it was God. Is it the angel or God? You just say yes, okay? Why is this the first time in the Bible where we get the angel of the Lord? Wouldn't he be with like Noah or Abe or the good guys? Not the Egyptian servant. She's an Egyptian. She's not an Israelite. Here's the angel of the Lord, first time, because the angel of the Lord has come for such as these. You will know the angel of the Lord by deliverance, by finding the lost sheep in the wilderness, by afflictions, by suffering, by tears. Yes, the angel of the Lord is powerful and glorious and wise, and yet the angel of the Lord will be known and characterized primarily by associating with the lowly, with the weak, with the foolish and stumbling block to draw in 1 Corinthians 1. That's the angel of the Lord, right? Hagar is an Egyptian servant, and the first time we hear this wonderful, majestic angel of the Lord is for this Hagar and Ishmael business, okay? She's hanging out by the springs of water, which is a place to be, because you're in the wilderness now. And the springs of water repeated here on the way to Shur. This is Israel. This is when they're getting out. What do they do? They go to Elim, which is behind this thing you can't see. <laughs> um, they go, but they go in Exodus 15. What's the first place? They get, they're in the wilderness. The first place you go, you stay close to the water. And they get to... They get to Elim, where there's springs of water. So Hagar's in a terrible place, but at least she goes to the one place. That's why we hang around the baptismal font throughout the Christian life. We're in the wilderness. This is a terrible place. But she's, in the exact, she's right where she needs to be. She's by the springs of water that, you know, promised land language here. This is your, I think, revelation too. This is your go-to place. In the wilderness, she goes there. This is where Israel's told to get to the, get your bums to the springs of water. Uh, Hagar does that before Israel even knows, you know, the whole the whole Exodus thing. That's all later. Hagar beats him to the punch. The angel says, "Where have you come from, and where are you going?" The angel knows all sorts of things about Hagar already. Your name, your occupation, the whole thing, right? The question is not for the sake of the angel. The question is for the sake of is for the sake of Hagar, like Jesus asks, 
whom are you seeking? When you lack faith in my promises, what kind of savior are you seeking? That's why his first thing in the Gospel of John is a question. He knows what your heart is doing. He wants you to contemplate, what are you thinking about me? Whom are you seeking? Where are you going with this? When you lose faith in my promises and you are running, you are totally fleeing. Where'd you come from? Where'd you go? She only answers the first of the two questions. Where are you fleeing? Where are you going? She doesn't know. But she's by the water in the wilderness. And so she says, I'm running from Sarah, my, my, uh, my, my lady, my princess, my queen. Sometimes it's used. Um, I'm fleeing. So I'll just answer one of your two questions. The angel of the Lord then says, return. This is a word of repentance here. Return to her and be afflicted by her. Same root, which is to say, take up your cross. Take up your affliction by her hand. This is for the sake of your salvation. Return return to Holy Mother Church, you might say. I mean, this is the thing. We're going to learn about... We're going to learn about the Lord's grace and mercy upon Sarah herself as he interacts with Hagar. It's a both and. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. That's why I think it's so brilliant. She has no response. The angel speaks again because she's now being grafted in. The Lord spoke to you again. Even if your prayer life was lousy last week, he came to you again this morning, spoke to you, body and blood. This is how the angel of the Lord works. I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know what to say anymore. Right? And yet the Lord continues graciously, mercifully. No response on your part. Dead in trespasses and sins. Here's another, here's another one. Here's another word. Here's another word. Here's another word. Angel, the angel of the Lord loves this. That's what he does for us. Angel of the Lord, um, I've got a great big promise for you and for your seed. This is all very, it sounds like Abe all over again. Multiply, I will magnify, multiply tremendously your seed. This is all Abe stuff, so that you can't even count him. We just got done with that, but that was for Abe. And he says, you're pregnant, and you're going to have this, oh, you'll call his name Ishmael, because God has heard, the Lord has heard your affliction, which is a fascinating thing. Um... The Lord has heard your affliction. So we're going to name this baby Ishmael. God hears. Um, he's a wild donkey of a man, which is exactly what Israel is described as in the prophets when she runs after false gods. You crazy wild donkey of a nation. But that's the beauty of it. Because in this Hagar Sarah stuff, you see the Lord's working salvation for for Jew and Gentile alike. The second the Lord chooses somebody to do something real special, like it's going to be through Isaac and not Ishmael, it's going to be through Abel and not Cain, or oh, now Seth, you know, that kind of thing. He immediately arranges for the unselected, the unchosen, to be grafted in. It was never only about Israel, Israel this whole time. And now all this language that's being dumped on this sojourner sounds a lot like Abe's stuff. Now, it's, we, we know Abe and Sarah, that's going to be the promised line. But this, I'll multiply you greatly, your seed, 
and all this language and experience that sounds like Israel is this whole thing, this whole promise, this whole outworking is this is how I'm going to be the Lord and work all in all, as Paul says in Romans 9 to 11. So what do you have there? The Jews get the special, they have the oracles of God, they have all the promises and the patriarchs. Then what happens? They blow it. They got haughty with the Lord's things and they thought it was more about themselves. What happens? Gentiles are grafted in. Then what happens? The Jews get jealous and they want to get back into the, <laughs> right? And then the Lord, this is how he works, how he works his salvation. And you see it here on, on both sides. You get the, the Abram language here is like, as I, I will fulfill that Abraham promise that you heard about in the last chapter in ways like this. This actually is kind of central to how I'm going to do that whole Israel thing. In fact, let's be honest, at the end of the day, Israel herself is as good as this exile, sojourner, drawn out of sin, death, and the devil. That's, that's the story of my people. Hagar gives you a better picture of that than, than Sarah. Go ahead, Doug. I just thought the like the language was interesting because like with Abram with like saying how large his offspring's gonna be, we had like the dust and the stars and stuff. And I think last week we mentioned like Pastor said something about like um how like the dust could be like the um like the earthly yeah. offspring and then the stars like the um like right. spiritual one. And right. here is there's like there's not a like any they're comparing it to just because they can't be numbered right can't be numbered um and like not being compared to anything so yeah i guess the promise here is the language especially of verse what is it 10 you know brings to mind the abe thing but then as you get to you'll call his name ishmael and like more specific to ishmael his hand will be against everyone everyone's against him um, he'll dwell in the midst of his brothers or over and against his brothers. It sounds like Yefeth. Actually, if you ask me about this, is, it's good you brought this up. Um, because it's not exactly like Abe, and yet, it, boy, it sure sounds like this is huge in God's master plan for how he's going to work this out. He sounds a lot like Yefeth. You'll dwell in the tents of Shem. Hey, I want to I own that tent. No, 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 Shem owns the tent. But you're going to dwell in that. In fact, in you, we're going to see a picture of Shem's true condition anyway. You know, that's the beautiful thing about it, is that it never, ever was only about Israel the whole, the whole time. Um, and as he grafts in the sojourner, he said, this is really the, the condition of Israel this, this whole time. Wild donkey of it, you know, and the affliction and all that. So then she says, she proclaims, or calls, calls, proclaims the name of Yahweh. She's a convert. She's an Egyptian. This is like... This is like Rahab, the Canaanite prostitute. All of a sudden, she's, I've, I heard about you guys, you know, and I'm proclaiming the name of Yahweh. And he is a God who sees in the midst of this wilderness, this terrible affliction that I'm going through. He has truly seen me this whole time. And he is, now again, hearing before seeing. She had heard the angel preaching multiple times. She had no response. She didn't, you don't have any, like, how is this going to be, you know, like Mary? Or, this was, she didn't say anything. Until now, she calls on the name, she's confessing Yahweh. She says, um, even here, even here I see, it's 
it's hard to translate, after the one seeing me or behind, uh, it's the same word that Moses gets from the cave. I'll, you can see my backside, you can't see my face, but she says that same, so this is like, this is the Moses cave thing before the Moses cave thing was cool. I was able to see the backside of him or I was able to see after the one who sees me. Um, that's just a marvel, like this is, well, isn't she a Gentile? I'm able to see the ones. So therefore she names the place well of the living seeing one or something like that. The living one, well of the living one who sees me or something like that. And it's before, it's right in between Kadesh and um, Kadesh and Bered which is an odd name. We don't know where it is, but I think that's the point. We know what the name, we know what bread means. We don't know where exactly it is. And I'm okay with that because she's between Kadesh, which is holy. Kadesh, 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 holy, holy, holy. You sang that. You sang Kadesh three times this morning. She's between the, Kadesh we know is, that's on the south of the promised land. Like that's on the cusp of the promised land. And then Barad or Bered is, that's hail. That's Egypt. That's death. We're going to get more of that exodus. This is the nature of, it's kind of like Abe, he's right in between Bethel, house of God, and I, destruction. There are only two ways. You go through this life, there's only two ways, way of life, way of death. I've talked a lot about that. And Hagar names this well. If you want to get out of this, namely bread, the hail, Egypt, death, and roll into the land of Kadesh, as in, entry of the promise, think crossing Jordan, promised land. It's the, it's the water. It's the water. Now you could name a lot of things. You could, you know, I don't know, you could talk about the angel some more. You could, you know, look at the sky or whatever, but she, it's the water. She points to the water and then at the end of this thing, I better wrap this up quick. Um, at the end of this thing, notice, um, what happens, Hagar brings, goes to Abe, the son, and Abe names him. Abe names him. Um, and I thought that was named by the, by the angel of the Lord, and yet Abe names him. You're, that's as baptismal as it gets. You're in the club, as it were. Notice where Sarah is in all of this. Abe and Hagar is mentioned all over the place. And his age, too. We'll maybe talk about that next week. Where's Sarah in all of this? Well, not really how this ends, but at the same time, we see what our Lord has done for Sarah as well in this. Because when you run after your own devices, this is as merciful, too, for her. Because by her own worthiness, she didn't deserve this, and she's been, at the end of the day, grafted in all the same, essentially. Because we cannot, by our own reason or strength, Believe in our Lord or come to him, but the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel and enlightened me with his Malach Yahweh, angel of the Lord, sanctified and kept me in the one true faith. I did a lot and didn't give you a lot of time to speak. What are you thinking? Comments, questions? Should we wrap it up? Who's got, who's got what? I'll, I'll leave it there. We can do 17 next week or if you have any lingering questions, we can, we can pick those up too. Anything before we close? There, folks, let's go to the Super Bowl. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Um,
let's close with, that, with the benediction. The Lord bless us, defend us from evil, and bring us safely to everlasting life. Amen. Have a good week.